Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The U.S. Marine Corps, as is reported, looking to hire diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor. Starting salary, $144,128. I quit. We knew that was coming, Producer Ari. Why in the world does the Marine Corps need anything having to do with DEI? The Marine Corps needs Americans, men and women, who want to serve their nation. And nothing else matters. And they don't need more of one kind or more of another kind. They need those who want to serve. They need more of that kind. And anything else is unnecessary. Tony, you never served in the Marine Corps. You never served in the military. It's a civilian-run military. Maybe I got an idea or a clue. Maybe I actually know what the military needs, and other people are confused. They don't need diversity, equity, or inclusion. They don't need any of that. What they need is the willingness to kill the enemy, break the things that need breaking, and win. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Argue with me. Why in the world do we need somebody to run diversity for the U.S. uh, Marines? You tell me something else they're supposed to do besides break things, kill the enemy, and win. And by the way, with this leadership in the military, they're not so sure they, they, they believe in the winning. They haven't proven it. They haven't proven the willingness. They haven't proven the desire to fight. They have not shown the seriousness in wanting to engage success. They haven't shown it. We had General Mark Milley talk about reading about critical race theory and what did I say at the time? What I said at the time was, I don't mind that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is reading about critical race theory. I just don't want him teaching it. I don't want it with our members of the military because that's a valueless proposition. We gain nothing from that. We get hurt by that. What I want is a military that is prepared to win. And that will fight to the death. But hopefully the other guy's death. It's George C. Scott is Patton. I don't know if this is a a Patton quote or not, but I'm, I'm willing to believe it is because it's Patton. You don't serve your country by dying for your nation. You serve your country by making the other poor bastard die for his. That's... That's a great line. I Again, I, if you told me it was legit, uh, right, really from Patton, I'd be like, okay, I believe you. But I took it from the movie. I have the actual quote if you want it. Go ahead. No bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor, dumb bastard die for his country. There it is. There it is. That's what you want. What you need, though is a military 
that will actually do it. And 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 right now, we don't have it. We do not have it. And we are not served by this ridiculous nonsense of DEI. We're not served by it. It's as ridiculous and nonsensical and dangerous as anything else. It's hard for people, it seems to me, to have focus. It's hard for people to have a just an honest, rational way of looking at the world. Take this Rittenhouse case. We're, we're paying attention because Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand. We've been sharing it. I'm going to share more of it with you in case you missed it. Like, we ended up, like, doing the show kind of early because Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand. And, we're, and, and producer Ari and I are like, what in the world is he doing? Is there something legal that says he has to take the stand? Is it, as as Guy Relford, a uh, Second Amendment lawyer, explained uh, just uh, a little while ago, that you, you need to explain to a jury what's in your mind when you're a defendant because it's it's very helpful for helpful for them to to hear you and, and to understand you. But it's dangerous, especially considering the, the the very very poor job that the prosecution has done. And all of a sudden, all, all you're seeing on social media is, oh, this judge is terrible. This judge is the worst. We need. Can we get a judge that isn't so biased? What's biased? Telling the prosecutor that you gotta you gotta follow the, the 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 law. Telling the prosecutor that you gotta follow the rules. Somehow that's bias. That's insane. But it's happening all over the place. People like oh this isn't right. Oh, you know, you know, if Kyle Rittenhouse was black, this would be different. <sighs> of course, race has to be in on it. If you make your money on that, if you make your money on that, well, you got to have that. And these people make their money on it. I'm telling you, the, the, this judge with this prosecutor... This is this has been this has been a something right here. This has been an actual back and forth that as an outsider looking in seems pretty ugly. That is exactly what 90404 is designed to prevent. You're talking about his attitudes. His attitude is he wants to shoot people. Now, I've admitted that kind of evidence in other trials when it's been appropriate. I didn't admit it in this case because, to me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the Don't get brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. That's number one. Well, okay. 
We're supposed to take it that here's the white judge, here's the white prosecutor, here's the white defense uh, attorney, and here's the white defendant, and it's about race? If he was black, oh, it would be different? Well, that's a thing you say. That's a thing you say when you want attention, so congratulations. You got yourself a whole nice, sweet bunch of attention. But haven't to added anything to it. Why can't it simply be that the prosecution was out of line? The prosecution was out of line and the judge put him back in line. Why does it need to be anything more than that? Why can't the military just be in the business of breaking things, killing the enemy and winning? Why does it have to be anything more than that? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Yet we decide to confuse the issues. We decide to make things more difficult. We decide to interject these things here, there, and everywhere as opposed to having being rational people. What does rationality matter when there are dollars to make? I have often said this about race in America. How do you heal the racial uh, divide when the wound is so profitable? You think Al Sharpton, Joy Reid, Tiffany Cross, you think they you think they want a resolution? You think they want an answer? You think they want a solution? Or do they want this? Here's a case in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That is Everything that took place after the shooting of a black man by police who did not listen to the police. Well, that's no reason to shoot him. He had a knife. He was where he wasn't supposed to be because there was a a restraining order. He didn't listen. He was reaching into his car. There were children in the car. If you want to count all that out because, oh, he's black, well, maybe the problem is you. This is the aftermath of it. Riots in Kenosha. The, the suspect is white. The victims are, are white. The prosecutor's white. The defendant's white. The, 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 the judge is white. I would think the rational response would be white people. Am I right? And they would have moved on with their day. But no, 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 no. This is just proof that they're going to let a white guy off for shooting white guys. Why can't we just be rational and say, well, here's the, here's the case and here's the evidence and here's what the prosecution has done and this looked bad for them and this didn't work out and here's what the defense did and it did work out. Maybe there's something to learn. But it's a great example of all the race conversation isn't real. Take a look at the conversation in the military about DEI. Do you think that's about race? It's about ideology. It's about the destructiveness of the ideology and the ideology at all costs. You would have to make the assumption, for example, uh, that, that Black Lives Matter is actually about black lives. 
And Black Lives Matter is not about black lives. Black Lives Matter is about ideology. And the ideology is certainly Marxism. And the ideology is about the destruction of the nation as we know it. And the ideology is about the elimination of the nuclear family. Not because I say so, but because they said so before they changed their website, which too many people read and said, hey, these people don't actually give a good holy damn about black lives now, do they? They figured that out out there in Minneapolis when they realized all this money was going to Black Lives Matter. They weren't able to rebuild their restaurant, but Patrice Cullors bought herself four houses worth $3.2 million and now has some kind of production deal with Netflix. And she's, she's now a commissioner in Los Angeles making all sorts of cash. Grifter's going to grift. But the desire was never about race. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black people. Quote it. Say it. Say it again. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black people. Black people may care about black people, which is a, which is a thing, by the way. You know, I played that John McWhorter audio yesterday. And how John McWhorter, who is over there at um, Reason, was explaining his, his real issues with, with critical race theory. Right. His real problem with critical race theory. 100 reports of violence directed at election workers who disagree with Stop the Steal. In other words, the behavior you attribute to wokeism is actually a behavior that could be found elsewhere in the culture. So why are you focusing on that as opposed to all of that, what I've just described? Because it hurts us, Eddie. And so, yes, there are many terrible things going on, but I'm thinking about what hurts us. And you might want to think of this as a larger strain of ideology in the country. I'm disgusted by what goes on on the right, too. And it worries me when the right distorts what CRT is and goes too far in barring it, although there are major problems with the way CRT is used in classrooms, not what Kimberly Crenshaw wrote 100 years ago. I'm talking about the way CRT is used in today's classrooms, ideas derived from it. So we don't need to pretend that legal theory is being taught in classrooms, but when white and black kids who are eight are being taught to think of themselves as opposing cadres of white and black, that is a problem, and it's a problem not only for the white kids, but for black kids who are taught that the main, most interesting thing about them is what white people think or don't think about them. it's really a, a wonderful intellectual position, right? That's worthy conversation in the cigar lounge over a bourbon. That's worthy conversation on the bar stool, especially at the kitchen table, regardless of who you are. But he, he said something in there that, that I think people take as uh, offensive and I don't believe is. He was asked by Eddie Gloud, who is an MSNBC host and a black man, why, uh, John McWhorter, who is a black man, do you do you have this issue with wokeness? And his response was, McWhorter's response is, because it hurts us, Eddie. Now, we should note that just in that response, that is unbelievably personal. And 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 I don't know if congenial is the right world, but word, but it's 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 rather connecting. It's almost it's arresting in a bit in a in a way. Because he's making this statement that while critical race theory is bad all the way around, it hurts people like us. And I think people hear that and go, people like us? So, so it's, it's really all about uh, you uh, and, and, and all about being black. I do things for Jews. 
I'm Jewish. I do things for Jews. I belong to a synagogue. I support certain certain causes. I I I I, I want to help create uh, more ways for Jewish kids uh, to to get together in, in in Central Indiana. I I do this. Now that doesn't mean I have an opposition to kids getting together. It doesn't mean I have anything against other kids. But there is no doubt I do this. And for John McWhorter to make that recognition so so clear and so personal. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with people who are black working to make the lives of people who are black better. That's that's rational. Uh, we have had clubs in America and organizations in America since we started. Tocqueville wrote about it in, in just in this stunning way that Americans could get things done because they just created organizations to go about doing so. That is a far cry from Black Lives Matter, which doesn't care about black lives because it's about the ideology and the Marxism, and that's about the destruction of America as we know it to create something else. Patrice Cullors, Black Lives Matter, formerly Black Lives Matter, after she got her money, she left, trained Marxists. Right? Trained Marxists, that's the way it goes. We need to be honest about things. The military should not be a place for social change. Kill people, break things, win wars. Sometimes the prosecution is bad regardless of the color of their skin, and sometimes the judge is bad regardless of the color of their skin. And Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black lives, but there are definitely black people who care about black people. And definitely white people who care about black people too, and vice versa. I'm Tony Katz. Just an update out of New Jersey. Steve Sweeney has conceded. I accept the results, says the lame duck New Jersey Senate president. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So great to be with you. He wasn't going to accept defeat uh, against Edward Durr, who basically, you know, just said, you won't give me a carry license, so I'm going to I'm going to run. That's what he said. He, they didn't give him a carry license. He wanted to carry a firearm. They said, yeah, you don't need that. So Edward Durr's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run. That's what's going to happen. And he won. And then Steve Sweeney, who is the state Senate president in New Jersey, is like, I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to accept that. That, uh, that, that, that's a, that, 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 basically that's what he did. And then he hyperventilated. And he's like, wait a second, I really lost this thing. What was funny is they were reporting the other day is that they found some new ballots in a trunk by the Raritan River. Because that's the way it goes in Jersey. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I said to you. But it turns out it wasn't ballots. It was Pauly. Who knew what was in the trunk? Congratulations to the senator-elect who's got his own weirdness, but one thing at a time. I'm Tony Katz. $300,000 for the Packers, $14,800 for Aaron Rodgers. If that's all it costs for lying, well, then I guess it's worth the lying. 
Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. We got to be clear about something. What I said, I stick with what I say. I don't change what, what, what I say. Um, someone lied. Either Aaron Rodgers lied to the Packers or the Packers lied to the NFL regarding his immunization, I'm sorry, vaccination status. What Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Packers, said was he was immunized. That's what he said to the press. And people are like, oh, I guess that means vaccinated. But it didn't mean vaccinated. Nobody knew what it meant. He clearly didn't tell the truth there. But you could lie to the press. There's nothing wrong with that. There may be rules about that within the NFL about how you deal with the press. But that's another subject that somebody else is going to have to deal with. But he didn't have the vaccine. He wasn't following certain NFL protocols. He gets fined 14 grand. The Packers organization gets fined 300 grand, which makes me say, Producer Ari, who is the biggest Packers fan I know, someone lied and no one cares. Well, Tony, let me tell you, the NFL said sternly, if it happens again, you may suffer a draft penalty. So, um, you know. That, if it happens again? Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty severe. Like, if it better not let it happen again, man. Well, look, uh, first things first, that doesn't sound very official to me. How dare you? All right? That's that's like Obama drawing the red line about Syria. That's a very good right? joke. With, with with the Russians. It's, it's, it's not, it's, if you do this, okay, but if you do it again, or if you do it one more time. No, that's a, you know what? That's a very phenomenal example. Like, that's exactly what it is. Like, nothing matters. There are no consequences. I, I'm the Packers. I'm just telling people, ignore this and keep lying because $300,000 is nothing. Oh, it is. And that's part of the, how would I take you seriously? The fine for lying to the NFL about not engaging a vaccine when you said you did or claiming that your quarterback did should be $3 million. That's not even that much either. Yes, but it would at least be like, oh, somebody's serious. I think there are rules about the the maximum NFL fine is only half a million dollars for a team. Well, then find the GM and then find the president and then find the this one and then find the that one then find the other one then find their mother and you can get the $3 million. My point is they don't actually care. So if they don't care, I don't care. I only said that if he lied, you have to throw him out of the league. Shouldn't we care, though? What you 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 no 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 we shouldn't. You can care in terms of the fact that you can say, hey, that isn't right, and you can talk to your kids about how they've let you down. They don't care because the only thing a Packers fan cares about is winning, and the only thing the NFL cares about is asses and seats. And they didn't like the fact that a Chiefs Packers game was a thirteen seven score with the Chiefs winning barely. They are really bothered by this. One of the things, Tony, I love about you is that you, there's a standard, and you have to meet the standard. And I feel like this doesn't meet the standard, and it bugs me the wrong way. Well, I, I, don't, I don't mind you saying so. And I think there are other people who agree with you. But when the NFL, which the NFL has proven itself time and again, not really to be interested in us. They're interested in corporate sponsorship. They're interested in the wokeness, and they're not interested in, 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 in the people. And so I'm not going to be interested in them. If this is who they are, I'm going to remind my kids, remember, it's the NFL. They don't really give a damn about you. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, we'll, we'll watch or not and, and probably not, and that's that. I, if, if you think I'm looking to the NFL as a place of goodness, I'm not. 
I see some great athleticism. I see some cool plays. I see some drama. That's what I want from, from the sport. I don't want anything else. I think these guys should be able to say the things that they want to say, and then they can deal with the fallout as, as we see fit. But the NFL itself as an organization being absolutely full of crap, the NFL as an organization being what they would call hypocritical, the NFL as an organization clearly pretending to be one thing while doing many other things. Remember, if you were to call somebody a slur, that would get you thrown out of the league. But if you beat your girlfriend, you have to sign with another team. That's them. Why would I take that league and now assume they're going to show me some morality? I, I, and, and, and I say this as somebody who really enjoys football. <laughs> I really do. But they've ruined it for me. Now, last season, I will admit, I didn't watch anything. I think I, think I watched the half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> How do you not watch the Super Bowl, though? I don't know. I was I was doing stuff. It's what? It's a cultural event. What could you but, possibly been doing? Uh, something else. Uh, but Tampa Bay was in it. You know, I lived in Tampa Bay for a great number of years. My my wife's from Tampa Bay. She still has an, an, an affinity. It was like, all right, all right. Well, we'll we'll watch, and, and that was it. I've watched two and a half games over the last was it eight weeks. Yeah, but you have your this, kids wanted to watch it, right? Oh, I one of them is because because my kid wanted to watch, and they were like, uh, "You want to watch some football?" I, I'm a sucker. Well, oh uh, wow, what a, uh, what a terrible father, <laughs> right? I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, I do want to watch uh, football. My father tells the story of of driving uh, Middletown, New Jersey, is the town I grew up in, and he was with my 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 older brother, uh, the the good Doctor Katz, and they were driving down what's known as Route 35. And my brother, who must have been six at the time, turned to my father and said, Dad, do you like McDonald's? What? As my father is driving by a McDonald's. My father turned into the McDonald's so quickly, he may have caused a five-car accident. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even remember. But he remembers that story as just the, the pinnacle of, that's when I knew I was going to do anything. What, what was I going to do? Tell the kid No. The fastest right turn in his whole life. And every father has done it in one way or another just for that moment of, of, of connection. Dear Lord. I love that stuff. Dear Lord. Perfect. That's awesome. Uh, I, I asked my dad, do you like McDonald's? And he said, get a job. And I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm being treated. How I don't know why I'm being treated that, that way. That, that, is, that is totally, totally wrong. Speaking of being uh, treated that way. You got Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. He does not want to vaccinate his kids, and he said, "I'm, I'm, I'm not vaccinating my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I, I am gonna wait uh, to see uh, what, what, what happens and 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 what's going on." And and McConaughey, McConaughey is, you know, is like, "Sorry, I just, I'm just not there yet." Enter the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy who is pushing back on McConaughey. Saying, you know what, this this is all wrong. Uh, Kids get COVID and and it's really important they be vaccinated. So what I would encourage parents to recognize is number one, COVID is not harmless in our children. Number we many kids have died sadly, hundreds of children, thousands have been hospitalized. And as a dad of a child who has been hospitalized, 
in the several years ago for another illness, I would never wish upon any parent mm -hmm. that they have a child who ends up in the hospital. And the vaccines have shown in these trials for children 5 through 11, they're more than 90% effective in protecting our kids from symptomatic infection. And they're remarkably safe as well. The kind of side effects they saw were a sore arm, fatigue, headache. It is obscene when people use their children as shields. It is obscene when Joe Biden does it. It is obscene for the Surgeon General, Eric Murthy, to do it. You having a child in the hospital is not a reason for me to vaccinate my kid. And to tell parents you have no reason to be a, to worried about this, that's, that's insulting. Many, many parents, I'm going to argue in the millions of parents, want some more data for themselves. They'll, you know, they'll do something. They can handle it. For their kids, they'll, they'll, they'll wait. See, my father was never going to turn into McDonald's on his own. That was, that was never, ever going to happen. But for his six-year-old son to have that moment of sharing some ice cream together, he would cause an accident. He would run over small villages. He would set towns on fire. There is nothing he wouldn't have done. Isn't it amazing how that works? It's one of the reasons that we take a look at the radical cultures that attack Israel. And we say, how, how are these people even considering themselves human? They hide behind children. They strap bombs to children who are, are mentally disabled and put them on buses and blow them up. They sell these girls into sex slavery. How can anybody want this? How could anybody actually do this? We have no way of engaging that comprehension. It is beyond us. And it's one of the reasons that you should note that any strategy that involves counterinsurgency, the idea of winning in the hearts and minds of these people cannot work because fundamentally they see the world in a way that simply is not compatible with the rational mind or a decent mind or a mind that actually favors life. It can't be done. So don't try. That would be my take to you. The valuing of our children, the valuing of those connections. I swear to you this is true. I, it, it didn't even dawn on me to bring it up as I'm bringing up the thing. Yesterday, I was, I, I, I was on Newsmax yesterday, and then I was supposed to do something with News Nation Now, new outlet, and I, I, I like them a lot. And we were supposed to be on, I forget the time, and, and then something changed. I was like, all right, no problem, I, I won't do it. Gives me a chance to pick up my, my, my oldest from school. They were staying after for Lord only knows what. And like 10 minutes before I was supposed to, to, to head out, I, I get a text, hey, are you still available? And I was like, no. I was, it's the first time this year I have had the ability because of my schedule to pick up my kid. It was more important to me than a TV hit. Now, I do this for a living. Every time you do some TV, it, it builds uh, opportunity and people learn about you. And I wanted those five minutes more than I wanted anything else. It mattered more. Because it does matter more. And here's the, uh, the, the Surgeon General to say, well, you know, you're, you're not really right because COVID really does affect our kids. No, it doesn't. The Surgeon General is wrong. Say so.
If you want to argue that kids get COVID, I will agree with you. If you want to argue that kids are laid up in hospitals by the millions dying and suffering, that isn't true. Because if that was the case, every parent would be getting their kid vaccinated. They would kill each other to get their kids vaccinated. They would burn the McDonald's to the ground if it meant their kid could get vaccinated. That isn't the case. Because kids survive COVID. And that's why parents, and they survive COVID, and they handle it fine, and they handle it better than adults. An unvaccinated child has a better resistance to COVID than the vaccinated adult over 30. And this is why parents wait. And for anyone to make a claim like somehow they're doing something wrong, that is sinful. That is absolutely disgusting. Not as disgusting as this video out of London where uh, Ambassador uh, Zippy Hotavelli, sorry, didn't mean to get caught up in there. Zippy, T-Z-I-P-I, Hotavelli, Israeli ambassador, was supposed to speak at the London School of Economics. But the pro-Palestine protesters stopped her from speaking and then tried to attack her as they were putting her in the car they had to drive off. And you've got people saying this is how colonial war criminals must be treated everywhere. Now I ask you, you think you can create a two-state solution with this? They don't want a state. They want Jews dead. Why can't we just say so? Why is that so hard for people? Well, they all don't want Jews dead. Well, Maybe not, but those who represent them want Jews dead, and they certainly don't want Jews talking. They don't want them being engaged in a conversation. They don't believe in Israel's existence. Now I'm asking you how I am supposed to come to some kind of resolution with the leadership that supports this kind of attack. And allow me to say uh, to, 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 to you, who may or may not be Jewish, Um, you have to push back against people who do not promote free speech and who push against free speech. You have to push back against them aggressively and with force. You have to push back against them with equal and greater force so the free speech can happen because free speech doesn't exist for the speech that you love. It exists for the speech and the people that you hate. But specifically, to my people, my people, to Jews... If you think that it's okay to silence Israeli leadership or Jews anywhere, whether it be uh, uh, Hodavelli or myself or Shapiro or, or anybody else, you're next, baby. And if you don't understand that, I'm not surprised because you haven't shown to really understand it yet. Honestly, it's 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 it is to to see. Jews side on the on on the political left on this. It really is. It really is, and I have zero patience for it. I will admit. I heard the story this morning. It actually took me a good 30, 45 minutes to cool down. Because once again, I'm reminded that there'll be people out there, whether it's J Street or Jewish Voice for Palestine or whatever the, the Fakakta organization that it is making the claim that somehow Israel's in the wrong. You can argue policy you don't like. 
But what they're arguing is that Israel shouldn't exist. And maybe, you know, the problem is I'm a Zionist. Israel should exist. I'm an American. We should be perfectly clear. America's my country. But Israel has the right to exist. I'm a Zionist, and I am not even beginning to turn my back on it. Push back against these people who want to keep you from speaking twice as hard. I'm Tony Katz. So the Dow is down 184. NASDAQ is down 229. Funny, we've got a spending bill and they're not happy. Rivian went public. This is the electric truck maker. They got a huge investment from Amazon. They've got a value now at over $90 billion. That's higher than GM or Ford. That's, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> that's, that's rational. But you notice the market's starting to have a little, uh, a little bit of a hiccup there. Meanwhile, crypto continues to grow. Maybe the market has finally said, okay, this inflation is real. Mm. The Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand, and I caught it from the beginning. Let me share that with you right now. I'm Tony Katz.